Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamer Paneer Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I want to tell you to stand up for yourself. So, you know, it seems like one of those common pieces of advice, right? You know, you have to you gotta stand up, you got to stand your ground. You got to be willing to like not back down when someone else is trying to intimidate you. Um, but, you know, it's often easier said than done, right? Like how, you know, how often are we put into the position that we actually do have to stand up for ourselves. And then you have to have like the mental wherewithal right then in that moment to be able to like, Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Like what's going on here is not quite what I thought was going to happen. And then you have to assert yourself. And it, it seems like it might be problematic. And I know there's kind of that stereotype in the gamers that a lot of gamers are beta, right. Or they, they are a little less willing to assert themselves. And I think it's just a matter of practice. Um, specifically, I'm thinking of a client that I met with this past week, or not a client, a potential client, that I was. we were doing negotiations. We're like actually figuring out, you know, how much are we gonna pay you? How much are we gonna like work with you? Like that sort of thing. And so we had discussed with this potential client, you know, weeks ago, a, uh, a structured pay rate where we'd get some amount of base compensation to do some marketing services. And then an additional commission amount on top of it based on performance. So, you know, if I'm doing uh, marketing services for a business, I, I think it's more fair personally that if I'm able to get you a result, then I should be paid as opposed to taking a lot of money up front and then not worrying about what I'm able to get you. Um, and in a way, it can make you more money if that's the kind of thing you're setting up. Um, I personally like doing that. Um, so... We had discussed this several weeks ago, and then I had another meeting this past week with this potential client. And I sit down at the client, and they're like, we're good with all the numbers, we're good with the base pay, and we don't think we're gonna do commission at this time. And I'll tell you, without missing a beat, I'm like, I'm gonna have to insist on commissions because the types of clients that we're bringing you are worth a lot of money. It's it, we, this client isn't selling like tchotchkes or little like little like t-shirts. They're not selling stuff like that. They're selling things worth tens of thousands of dollars, uh, potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars every month. And the base pay that I'm getting to do all this marketing is like this because I was looking forward to all the commission. And so it you know I'll, I'll admit like the reason why this happened to me as opposed to somebody else. Like I've seen this happen to me a bunch of times through the years. And I, I have a theory for what it is. And I think it's because I'm a little bit younger. Um, I think people see me, I'm a little bit younger. I don't have like a ton of gray hair. I'm not grizzled looking. I don't look like I've been through the trenches. I smile a lot, right? And because of that, I think people think that they can kind of just take advantage of me because, oh, he's inexperienced. What, like I wrote my first commission-based contract that like for life, three years ago. Um, it was my first one. And it was a company that had reached out. I had reached out to, cause I was interested in seeing if I couldn't get them to sell my thing for me. And they're like, Hey, why don't we white label your thing? And we'll like give you commissions for the rest of your life on it. So like, I'm used to commissions that can go for life. Like uh, having clients that when they get a client or when they do something, it creates reoccurring income for myself. So that's something that I'm used to. And I think older business people who see me probably don't think that I'm accustomed to that. And they're, they're, they try to like essentially weasel me out of, you know, what I'm, I'm owed. Um, but I stood up for myself, you know, th there was no, oh, like really? Like, no. No, no, this is how it's going to be. I'm the one providing the service here. I'm the one that gets to dictate how much you're going to charge. I get a charge for that service. And 
that's something that you have to develop. It takes time. Like when I, like three years ago, like three years ago um, was when my daughter was born. It's about three and a half years ago. She's almost four actually. And so I had been a lawyer before that. I had the law office and the law office, the rules for charging clients are totally different than like the rest of the, the, capitalistic world. Attorneys have to charge for their time and they have to like actually be able to show that they worked that time. They can't just say they worked time or they can't just charge stuff. Um, you actually have to be billing for the hours you work. And so when I switched over to kind of the entrepreneurial capitalistic world, I had to deal with a different set of rules when it came to charging people. And when I was first figuring out those rules, I'll admit I was pretty nervous about charging people for stuff. I, I uh, roughly three and a half years ago, I, I, char I requested, I quoted somebody $100,000 for something for the first time. And that was a lot of money to request. And, and like, I wasn't entirely certain of the value of what I was offering. I wasn't entirely certain whether that was the right price to offer, but I threw it out there because <laughs> quite honestly, you never know. You never know if the person that you're negotiating with actually sees it as that much value for them. And like, Hey, like, if they see, if you're charging hundred grand and they see themselves making 10 million off of it, it might be a no brainer for them to go ahead and move forward with you. Um, I will say I, I most likely kind of had a leg up because my very first private practice job out of getting out of law school. So after out of law school, I went to work for a court and out of the court, I went to work for a firm. And at that firm, I was charging five grand fairly almost weekly to clients um, for various legal things that we had to do. And that was, you know, a retainer, upfront retainer. And we expected that it was going to be $5,000 to do all the work necessary. So like I was, I was used to like larger numbers and you know, $5,000 is a lot of money for a lot of people. But then that number went up to $25,000 for certain clients. And, you know, based on the case, based on the situation. And I got into the, the entrepreneurial world and here I was, I asked for a hundred thousand dollars for the first time. And that, that was freaking scary. It was really scary because like, I was, I was like, what happens if they say no? And they said, no, it, like, actually we didn't even hear back. Um, they, they just ghosted us after hearing that. But then shortly thereafter, I got into the, the, the um, contract that allowed for the, the reoccurring commissions for every sale that that company made forever. And uh, so long as they sold my product and they eventually discontinued my product, it was a Facebook ads type training kind of thing. And um, as I learned really quick, as I was trying to keep that book and content updated, th there's just no way to keep up with Facebook ads. You have to, it's a full-time position and it wasn't what I wanted to do. So eventually that kind of ended, but I was used to it. I was used to that. And I have offered other clients the option of paying me a lifetime commission for doing services for them or a higher upfront fee. And um, often they'll, they'll prefer to take the upfront fee just because they want a one-time cash payment. I'm, I'm, I, I honestly, I prefer a smaller, like, amount long-term because those long-term amounts stack, right? If you think of it in like four-dimensional space-time space and you're stacking money on top of each other, it eventually gets really tall um, as opposed to the one-time upfront, which seems like a lot of money upfront, but it isn't, right? Um, so like um, you got to, like my point was stand up for yourself. 
you have to stand up for yourself in order to be able to ask for money like that. A lot of people are afraid of asking for money. A lot of people don't think they have it in them to ask for money. I never had any sort of training growing up that would have prepared me to ask anybody for a hundred grand. Like never. Like I had, when I was 10, had a lemonade stand. I was asking for a quarter. Okay. A quarter for 25 cents for a, a cup of lemonade. And that's what I was used to at that point. And then I was going through school, going through school, going through school. I worked at, you know, retail for a little while. I worked in a manufacturing position on an assembly line for a little while. I went into law school. I worked for a, a prosecutor's office, a, a couple courts. And then I was like in private practice and now I'm charging five grand. And like, that's quite a far cry from 25 cents. And, you know, two years later, I'm, I'm quoting, $100,000. I never had that training. And you may never have had that training yourself. It's okay if you've never had that training. You just have to be willing to ask. Okay. You could be shaking in your boots. You could actually literally be peeing yourself. But if so long as you ask, hey, at least it came out. And the next time it's not going to be as tough. And the next time it's not going to be tough. And you know, at some point, somebody's going to say yes. And when somebody says yes, you're like, yes. Yeah, I'm the man or the woman or the, the non binary. Uh, the gender neutral individual, right? It doesn't matter what you are. You, you're the person and it, it rocks to have somebody tell you yes, especially when you were never expecting them to actually go with what you were quoting them. And, but again, it will never happen unless you're willing to, to allow people to push back on what you're asking and then push them harder back. Okay. If you're not willing to to stand up and, and overcome the objections that they have, or if they try to like make it so you like in this, this potential client's case, just like, oh, whatever, you know, they're, they're probably young, you know, this, this small amount is good enough for them. No, that small amount is not good enough for me based on my extensive experience doing this for other clients and the results that I've gotten them. So if you want your result, you're going to pay me what I'm asking, not what you think I'm willing to take. And that's the stance you have to take if you want to be successful as an entrepreneur. Do not just take what people are willing to give you. Be willing to grab what you want. And I'm going to remind you, organization is the enemy of sloth. If you think that you're not quite worth it, do a, you know, what attorneys would do to pull out like a, a pad or a legal pad. I don't have any with me here. Um, just a yellow legal pad. And, you know, it was right down the, the middle, a line on the left pros on the right cons and list out as many possible pros as you possibly can about what makes you awesome. What makes you special? What makes you worth the money that you want to ask for on the other side, the cons list out all the things that you could improve in yourself and then spend time to improve those. And now they become pros and you're able to charge for that as well. And that's, that's how it works. That's why executives at major fortune 500, you know, fortune 10 companies are able to charge millions of dollars a month for their salary is because they believe that they're worth that money based on all the pros in their column. So if you can go out and you can create that list for yourself and you can say with conviction, why you're worth some money, somebody's going to believe you and they're going to be willing to give you that money. All right. That's it. And you know, as, as soon as you have that belief, it, it comes down to belief that you are worth it. it. It gets a little bit less scary and it'll, it'll move you into like the words will come out of your mouth. You're like, I didn't, I didn't, I think I was going to say that, but I didn't Now Here I am. I'm in this situation. Let's, let's keep rolling. Cool. You know, however it happens for you, I hope it's just the most fantastic experience of your life. 
but you have to be willing to put yourself out there. You have to be willing to stand up for yourself when others are going to want to push you down on the streaming side. Cause you know, I get a lot of streamers who watch this, you know, when you're looking for sponsors, don't just take what they're willing to offer. Don't do that. Like that's, that's the exact same situation that I just described with myself and this potential client. If they're, if you're reaching out to them because you want them to sponsor you, you're not begging. Don't beg them. Okay. That, that makes you look weak. Instead, you want to be an advertiser for them. You want to, a marketer for them. You want them to be able to feature their product or their service on your stream. You're the one who has all the control there. You're the one with the audience. You're the one with the viewers. And if you can leverage those viewers, you get to charge what you believe that those viewers are actually worth. All right. And it's a, it's law of supply and demand. You know, how many viewers do you get? How engaged are they? How often they purchase that sort of thing that comes into it, but you need to know your business. If you're a streamer, you have a business. It's either that or a hobby. And if it's a hobby, I don't know why you're watching me because I'm trying to show you guys how to make money and money comes from having a business. So take some time, figure out what you're worth. And then when they come in like, Hey, we'll give you a package of free coffee every month. You're like, no, I get like 30 viewers every single time I go live. Like the amount of coffee that you're going to sell per month is worth way more than the amount of mon like money. This one bag of beans is worth to me. Like, honestly, you know, if you think about it, how much is that bag of beans of coffee worth to a coffee company? Well, it cost them the paper to put it in. So we're talking maybe a couple cents for the bag, maybe. And then the beans themselves, well, you're talking a couple cents, maybe a dollar. It's not that much. So they're going to give you a bag of coffee and they're going to make how much money off of you. And you're like, Oh, I got a sponsor. This is so cool. Don't do that. No. They need to come to you, make them kiss the ring. That's how it goes. All right. Don't be just a gamer. Be a gamer for newer.